Max Freed and the offense obliterate the Yankees on a Monday night. Ozzy Albies goes to the IL, but it opens up an opportunity for Vaughn Grissom. We'll see what he can do. Discuss all that on today's episode of Lockdown Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, welcome back to Locked On Braves, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. Also, make sure you check out my written work over at bravestoday.com. Make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at lockdown underscore Braves. Send in any questions, comments, or feedback that you have for the podcast. Always enjoy hearing from you, the listener. Make sure if you're watching this on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. Hit the thumbs up button as well to help support the show. Thank you so much for all the support you give me here. All the comments in the comment section on YouTube. Uh, thank you for letting me know that you are an everydayer of this podcast. Shout out to O.D. Corleone, Thomas Rogers, and Wit Dog, who let me know in the last episode that they are everydayers. If you're an everydayer, let me know down in the comment section below on YouTube. But thanks so much for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of each and every day. On today's podcast, we'll recap Mondays 11-3 to 3, thrashing over the New York Yankees. Talk about Max Fried's performance, the offense doing what they do. And then in the second segment in our Taco Tuesday segment, we're going to talk about Ozzy Albies going to the IL, what that does for, what that means for Nikki Lopez, Von Grissom, who should get the most playing time there. Take some of your thoughts from Twitter. Uh, so we'll get into all of that and then set you up for Tuesday's game where Bryce Elder is going to take the mound. It's going to be a tough challenge for him against this Yankees lineup. We'll discuss why later in the podcast. But let's get into uh, the game from... Uh, Monday night, and that was the 11 and three win over the New York Yankees. And in this start, really, obviously, we're watching Max Freed as he continues to come back from the IL, seeing what he looks like, seeing if they can push him a little bit further along. And I thought this was another, you know, good step in the right direction. Look, I, I didn't think his last start was bad in Pittsburgh. I thought he had some unfortunate. Bad luck behind him. A lot of weak balls that either found holes or plays that just weren't made behind him. He didn't help things with some walks and a hit batter, but I didn't think he pitched particularly bad. And in this one, started off a little rough as well. Struggling with that fastball command. Yankees had a good approach against him early on. They were basically just sitting fastball and taking it the other way to the vacated second base spot because the Braves had a, a shift going on and they were playing Nicky Lopez up the middle and the Yankees were just taking advantage of that hole in those first couple of innings. And then I thought you saw the game plan change a little bit for Max Freed. So four hits in those first two innings and then only one hit in the fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh. He scattered single hits in each of those innings. And I thought they started to go more to the off-speed pitches. Again, was struggling with the fastball command. Felt like they stuck with it maybe a little too long as he tried to, to find that to find that fastball command, leaving too many pitches over the plate. And Yankees hitters, like I said, had a good approach on him, just kind of taking that, shooting shooting it the other way for easy hits. But then they started to go to the curveball a little bit more, slider and change up as well, uh, kind of get those pitches going, and then came back to the fastball again later in the outing. But just uh, five four-seam fastballs in the third and fourth innings, kind of what I was alluding to there, 
was trying to figure out that fastball early, didn't quite have the command, started going to some of his off-speed pitches, having better results. And in those middle frames there, the third and fourth inning really kind of went away from the four-seam fastball altogether, and that seemed to kind of settle him in a little bit. And then starting to using a little bit more lately that later that and the sinker. So I thought this is another step in the right direction. Used all of his pitches through all five of his pitches at least 11 times. That's what Max Freed can do to you, keep you off balance. So I thought this was a, a huge step for Max Freed going six innings again and, you know, keeping that pitch count relatively low. Look, when he's back at, at full strength and I think he's still getting there. I mean, the way the the way that he is pitching so effectively, and again, I go back to the beginning of the season when it started, and you were seeing this from Max Freed. He was pitching so effectively and efficiently that he just felt like he could go seven, eight, nine innings each time out. And you're seeing that again here. He's just being so efficient with his pitches that, you know, even if he has a, a bad frame like he did early on, threw over 20 pitches in the first inning. You know, once he kind of settles it in, he finds what pitches are working for him and he, he finds what the, how the other team is approaching him and he adjusts that. And that's one thing he said he wanted to work on uh, in this outing. And as he keeps going, it's making those in-game adjustments. And I thought he and Travis Darno did a great job of that in this game. But once he's able to do that, he becomes more efficient and he's able to work deep in the games. He's already gone six innings twice since coming back with very low pitch counts where he could have very easily gone further into these games. So, Hopefully that continues, and hopefully, again, as he gets back to full strength, we start seeing him go seven, eight innings more regularly because I think he's capable of doing that with the way that he pitches. You know, All the pitches that he has to continue to keep hitters off balance for a third, fourth time through the lineup. So really great stuff here by Max Reed. Probably should have only allowed one run. He should have only allowed one run. Had a great pickoff attempt, but a bad throw by Matt Olson kind of. Uh, took Nicky Lopez off the bag at second base. He couldn't put, put the tag on the runner there. So should have had, uh, should have only allowed one earned run in this game, but still a great performance from Max Freed. But this offense, I don't know what to say about him anymore. It's the best offense in baseball. They do it every, almost nightly now where almost everybody in the lineup has a hit. I think everybody, but Travis had a hit in the, in the starting lineup tonight. I thought the Riley home run was big. Yeah, this ended up going on to be a blowout, but you know the Yankees strike first in the top of the first inning. Riley comes back and answers it with the two-out homer in the bottom half to tie it up. And then Yankees score again in the top of the second inning. Again, a run that shouldn't have scored if a play is made. And then the offense comes right back. They respond with three runs in the bottom of the second, four runs in the bottom of the third. And before you know it, Max Reed kind of got on a roll as we saw. Offense took off and this game became a blowout. Five straight hits in that four-run third inning. No home runs needed in there. And that's what you'd love to see about this Braves offense here lately. They are racking up the hits. Sunday night ended a streak of 10, 10 games in a row with 10 hits or more. They picked that back up on Monday night with 11 runs on 15 hits. Just two doubles, had two home runs. The Riley home run, Rosario had a home run later in the game. Eight walks in this game to six strikeouts. They continue to do a much better job of putting the ball in play and not striking out as much. You're seeing those hits coming as a result of that. Scored early, scored in the middle, scored late. That's what I love to see with this offense. You know, at times earlier in the year, you would, you know, they'd have that big barrage of runs maybe early in the game. They'd have that first inning explosion, and then they'd kind of just fade off for most of the rest of the game. What you really love to see right now, what I love to see and what I look for is you continue to score in each phase of the game. I look at the first three innings, the middle three innings, and the last three innings. Are they scoring 
in each of those phases. So love to see that from this offense as well. And I mentioned yesterday, Clark Schmidt, really good pitcher. You can see he has some really good stuff, a lot of movement on his pitches. It's not overly dominating. I said he's you know, more of a fourth, fifth starter, but he had been on a roll going at least five innings, giving up three under less. Braves don't care. This offense does not care. You open up a door for them, they will absolutely tear you up. And that's what they did to Clark Schmidt on Monday night. Got to mention Marcelo Zuna and Eddie Rosario. The one thing that you can count on with these two is that when you count them out, that's when they produce the most. And it seems like every time we start talking about replacing one of these guys in the lineup, they go on a little bit of a run. Now, for Ozuna, I mentioned he's been mostly productive this season outside of April. And even in April, he was taking his walks, but uh, just wasn't getting many hits and honestly looked pretty lost at the plate when he was swinging. He had a pretty cold month of July until the very end, but still was taking his walks, still putting the ball in play. You see him shoot one to right every now and then for a hit. For the most part, he has been a productive player this year for the Braves, and all credit to him because he was a non-productive player for two years in the first month of this season. And, again, I predicted he was going to be DFA'd by the All-Star break. He has really turned his season around, and it's really helped this Braves offense become one of the best in baseball. You got a six-hole hitter in Marcelo Zuna who's approaching 30 home runs on the season, or he's at 23, but somebody who could get to 30 home runs on the season he has become a really powerful bat, and not just a powerful bat, but an all-around bat as well that can do some of the little things for you. Even saw some good base running from him here lately. Ezra Rosario, he's the one that when he's cold, he is just ice cold, and he's contributing nothing because he doesn't play good defense. He's an okay runner, but he's, he's not, you know, not taking his walks. He's not getting on base. But we know what can happen when he gets hot and when he heats up at the plate, and perhaps that's happening. He had a, a decent weekend, three hits in those first two games, and then he had three hits last night, four RBIs. I mentioned the home run that he had. So, again, he is certainly somebody that's capable of getting hot at the plate, and maybe we're starting to see that uh, begin for Eddie Rosario. Got to see Michael Harris in the two-hole, which you know, hate the news on Ozzy, but happy to see what he can do there. He got on base three times, had a hit. He walked twice, didn't score. Same for Acuna, who had a hit and walked twice and didn't score, which is just crazy. In a game where they scored 11 runs in your first and second hitter, get on base a combined six times and don't score a run. I don't know how that doesn't happen, but that was the case on Monday. It didn't matter. Like I said, the Braves still scored 11 runs. And then Nicky Lopez. We're going to talk more about him in a second, but another multi-hit outing of three hits in this game, seven hits in his first two starts. He had 10 hits in all of July for the Royals and 13 starts, 48 at-bats. He already has seven hits with the Braves in his first two starts in four games. Might get an opportunity with Ozzy out. Also might see Von Grissom get an opportunity. That's what we're going to talk about here next. Looking to save up that extra money for Braves postseason tickets, Ibotta can help you get there. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods so you can make sure you're, you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back. It's that easy. The average Ibotta user earns $120 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip. That's enough to pay for about a quarter of what playoff tickets cost last year. Hopefully they're a little less expensive. But hey, 
Every little bit helps. Other apps give you points that don't mount to much. With Ibotta, you get real cash back that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using code MLB when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google, Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use code MLB. That's Ibotta, I-B-O-T-T-A, in the Google Play or App Store and use code MLB. Braves will take on the Yankees again at 7.20 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday night. Catch every pitch of the Braves' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search Braves. All right, it's our Taco Tuesday segment, and Taco Braves country right now and on Twitter is who should get the reps at second base now that Ozzy Albies is out. I sent this question out late on Monday night asking your thoughts, and I'm going to read some of those, but just for full disclosure, that was before we got the announcement early Monday morning that Von Grissom is getting called up, so it is official it's going to be, you know, Von Grissom is going to be the move with Ozzy Albies going on the IL, which we thought would be the case. So I think the question is still very relevant, even with that latest information. Who gets the reps at second base between Nicky Lopez and Von Grissom? Again, I asked a lot of you on Twitter, and I want to go through some of those responses here. Um, again, some of these don't really apply now that we know that Von Grissom is up. Like Skylar Hyde said, I think Shoemake comes up. Lopez starts most of the games. Grissom stays at AAA and continues his good play. I thought that was an option, and I certainly think that would have been a viable option. Uh, before we get too far into this, too, I think a lot depends on how long of a stay this is going to be for Ozzy on the IL, and some of you alluded to that in your responses. If it's just going to be 10 games and he comes back, then I think I think it almost made the case for Shoemake a little bit more if you thought it was only going to be 10 games and he comes back, and then you just let Lopez start. You have Shoemake on the bench as you know depth there. If you think it's going to be more than that, then I think you do go with, with Grissom, and that's who they went with. So hopefully that's not telling this is going to be a longer injury for Ozzie Albies. But again, I, I do think if, it's, if it were going to be a shorter stint, then I think Shoemake made – more sense in that scenario like Skyler is pointing to uh Jamison Bell said Vaughn should get the playing time um John Schiller this is kind of what I was alluding to a second ago said I'm only playing Grissom if Ozzy's injury is serious if it's 10 days and back on the horse just let Nikki cover it and that's kind of where I was too so again I hope this isn't a more lingering thing for Vaughn Grissom and that's not the case uh, Cass Buckeye said, I'd almost say straight up 50-50. I badly want to get a, a look at, at Von Grissom to see what he could provide in October with the bat. But right now, and I can't believe I'm saying this, the same goes for, for Nicky Lopez. Also wouldn't mind seeing Nicky Lopez in left field. I believe he's played there before and Von Grissom at DH. So we'll talk more about that when I give you, you know, my response here in a minute. But I think if you're going to bring up Von Grissom, you play him every day. You're not going to call him up and send him on the bench. At least I hope that's not the case. Um, Braves fan, fanatic says that personally, I leave uh, Von Grissom and Gwinnett. He's playing so well. Keep the pressure of MLB off him. Roll with Nikki and bring up Shoemake again. I think that would have made sense if it's if they thought it was just going to be ten days for Ozzy, and maybe it will be. I hope that's the case. But I think if it's going to be a longer stint for Ozzy, it makes more sense to bring up Von Grissom. Leland Hurt says split between Lopez and Grissom, assuming they call him up from Gwinnett, which they did. Again, I, I don't. I don't see it being a split. You're calling up Vaughn 
He needs to play every day. Uh, Snit Fitzpatrick says Vaughn. Um, Goldie was kind of doing uh, said what we were talking about earlier. If it's just out for for two weeks, you ride the hot streak in defense of Lopez. If you think it's going to be out a month plus, then go with Grissom. So I think we're all kind of in agreement there. Uh, Bellfire, call up Grissom, work him into a platoon at second base with Nicky Lopez and DH with Ozuna. He gets regular at bats uh, and defense tryout at second. So um, I think they're both right-handed. Somebody can correct me if I'm wrong there. I can try to look it up real quick. But I think both Lopez and uh, Von Grissom are right-handed, so you can't really do a platoon split there between those guys. And like I said, you're bringing up Von Grissom, in my opinion, you're bringing him up to start and play every day. Uh, at least that's what I would expect. Oh, you know, you're right. Nicky Lopez bats, bats left-handed, so I apologize there. They could do a platoon split between Lopez and Grissom there. You're right, Belfour. Um, uh, Russ says, Nicky Lopez on a 60-40-ish split with Von Grissom. Again, I, in my opinion, if you're calling up Grissom, he needs to play every day. Um, large, large, Nicky Lopez deserves first look, especially against right-handers. And if you're going to do the platoon thing, then – you know, Lopez is going to get the majority of the starts. You just don't see a lot of lefties. So you're going to have Grissom on the bench a lot for, for two weeks with the hot streak that he's had down at Gwinnett. You're going to cool him off by letting him ride the bench. I just don't see that as a viable solution or a smart decision. I, in that case, I'd rather bring up Shoemake, even though then you would have two lefties with Lopez and Shoemake. But I just don't – I don't understand the decision to call up Grissom if you're just going to to split time like a lot of you like Matt Cox is saying uh, split time between the two I just don't I don't I don't see that being a, a good decision here uh, Joe Barnes says your best shot at re replicating Ozzy is probably Vaughn offensively he's obviously a bit slappier than Ozzy but the bat will play and maybe a hot take his defense at second base probably isn't much if any worse than what we've been getting from Ozzy and that's the awkward and uncomfortable conversation I think we have to have right now is that um you know Ozzy hasn't been great defensively this year he's had his moments where he's looked more like himself but for the most part this year Ozzy hasn't been great defensively so you figure with Lopez that's probably an upgrade defensively and again with Vaughn there and we'll talk about his minor league numbers here in a moment but I don't know that it's much of a loss defensively with Vaughn there. Um, we'll see, you know, we'll have to see Vaughn defensively at triple a has looked a little bit differently than at the major league level where things start to speed up on him a little bit. Tim Bell says Vaughn is the future. Lopez is a good story. Uh, Lucas says, I want to see Vaughn Linda and uh, Bowden says Nikki Lopez. Anthony says Lopez, not even a question. They're going to start Grissom and it's going to be dumb. Uh, I don't agree with that assessment at all. Um, Adam says a Lopez Grissom platoon every day or keep up the good work. Thank you, Adam. Uh, Mark Blow says Grissom is my guest to get the call up. He's killing it at AAA. Uh, Joshua Daniel says Grissom Lopez isn't an everydayer. And that's something that I think we got to consider here is are we buying into the, the two-start recency bias of Nicky Lopez? Or are we going to look at his career numbers where he hasn't been that good of a hitter outside of one good season, which I think was in, in 2021? You know, are we expecting him to get three to four hits every game? I don't know. Do you ride that hot streak? Uh, maybe you do again, but I, I just think I, I still trust the bat of Grissom more than Nicky Lopez, despite what he's done in two starts for the Braves, which has been just simply amazing. Uh, Shane the Pain, there is no way Snit plays Grissom over Nicky. We'll see. Mark Shimmer says Nicky Lopez. 
uh, our genus Richards. Richard says, I, I liked what I saw from Nicky Lopez on that spot today. I think he did a good job. Spencer Strider's mustache blanket says Lopez. Uh, Zachoro says Lopez. He's hot right now and a better defender. Um, Paul Mola of the Pence, who's pitching. Uh, speaking of a platoon situation there. Uh, Travis Eubank says Lopez because he's already up and batting over 600 right now. Uh, Brian McGrath, is there any answer other than Nicky Lopez? Grant, granted, it could be the honeymoon period, but he's hitting 700 since coming to Atlanta in a couple of games. Is driving in runs, still in bases, puts a great glove on the field, and the vibe is good. Uh, and JJ says, short term, Nicky Lopez, long term, Vaughn Grissom. So appreciate all your responses there. Uh, I'll give you my take now. My thoughts are I'd like to see Vaughn get the reps. And I just think the lead you have in the division, this is an opportunity now to put Vaughn Grissom in there, see what he can do, see what he looks like defensively, even though it is second base and not shortstop where he's mostly been playing this year. And you kind of got a good look at him at second base last year. He's hot with the bat right now. I know Nicky Lopez is two and two starts with the Braves, but Vaughn Grissom's been absolutely killing it at AAA all year, but I'd like to see them give Vaughn some reps now. That way you get a better idea of if you want to use him on the postseason roster or not. Um, you know, maybe get him a start at shortstop as well while he's up. I think that would be a good idea as well. Get RC off his feet. I mentioned Sunday night. He kind of came up lame, so it might be an opportunity to get Vaughn Grissom a start at shortstop, although Nicky Lopez is the better defender. I mean, if you were going to truly put somebody else at shortstop, it would probably be Nicky Lopez. But again, you have this big lead in the vision. You kind of have an opportunity to, to play around here and see what you have with a couple of guys. So because of that, I'd go with Von Grissom. I do not disagree with any of you who say Nicky Lopez is the obvious choice because of the defense, the way he's been hitting. I think maybe it would be a good decision to ride that hot streak. But again, with where the Braves are, I think they have this opportunity to kind of to just see what Von Grissom can do and how he's been producing at AAA this year. I think the guy deserves it as well. Mentioned the numbers yesterday on yesterday's Miners Monday podcast, but he's slashing 327, 412, 494, a 906 OPS with 32 doubles in 88 games this year at Gwinnett. Von Grissom has just been tearing it up with the bat. He's He should be hitting at the major league level. The Braves just do not have a spot for him right now on the big league roster. I mentioned this several times. Please, please, please do not call him up if you're just going to sit him on the bench. That makes absolutely no sense in my mind. Yeah, maybe you don't start him every game while he's up here, but again, in my mind, you're calling him up. He needs to play every day. Um, he is you know, a potential future piece of this team. He is still 22. He's still a young prospect. He's been on fire at AAA, getting on base multiple times just about every game. You do not call him up just to sit on the bench. So in my mind, if you're calling him up and the Braves have, you play him and you start him every day, whether it's at second base or, like I said, you get him maybe a start or two at shortstop. Maybe you get him a start or two at the DH spot. Whatever it may be, I think his bat needs to be in there pretty much every day for whatever the length of time is that he's here with this Braves team. He started 28 games at second base this year, and it's made just one error there compared to 60 starts at shortstop where he's made seven errors. I know errors aren't the, the you know, tell, tell all, be all of how good a player is defensively. We kind of got to saw, see Von Grissom last year defensively at second base. It was, it was okay at times, uh, looked a little rough, but 
again, I think he has been much better just statistically speaking, looking at the errors at second base this year than shortstop. So bottom line is the Braves entered this season and middle infield depth was one of my biggest concerns coming into this season. And you look at it now and they lose Ozzie Albies earlier in the year, they lost Orlando Arcia and they were fine with Roland Vaughn Grissom and, and even Brandon Shoemaker at times. And now you lose Ozzie Albies and I think you're fine. Certainly you want Ozzie Albies back in there, but you got a couple of really good guys backing him up that you feel good about whether they go with Nicky Lopez or whether they go with Vaughn Grissom, you feel pretty good about the production that you're going to get there. I think that's, you know, a credit to Alex Andablos in the front office, bringing in Nicky Lopez, who again, when we got him, you thought, you know, you at least plug him in there defensively and you know, you're not going to lose anything. You may gain something defensively and whatever he gives you with the bat is a plus. And so far he's given you a lot with the bat or you call it Vaughn Grissom and you know, he's going to be okay defensively and you know, he can hit and you know, his bat's going to play. So again, I think my big takeaway from all this is that the Braves have really done a great job increasing their middle infield depth this season. And now you can lose a guy like Ozzie Albies, who, again, hopefully they're being cautious with. And you have some great depth there that can back them up. So, again, I don't think there's necessarily a wrong decision here, although I would be a little upset if they call it Vaughn Grissom and he just sits on the bench. That would, would irk me a little bit, uh, especially if it's going to be a longer IL stint. Uh, I want to see Von Grissom in there every day, pretty much. Uh, but again, you got two really good options to fill in for Ozzy Albies here and Nikki Lopez and Von Grissom. So we'll see which way Brian Snicker and the coaching staff decide to go on Tuesday night. All right, next, we'll set you up for that game where Bryce Elder will be on the mound. I think it's going to be another tough challenge for him and a rough streak that he's been on here lately. We'll discuss that next. Football season is about to kick off, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long because right now when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get a bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. You can use your bonus bets on point spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. The Falcons right now, they have them at plus 5,500 to win the Super Bowl, so it might be a good time to get in on them. I honestly have no idea. I don't pay much attention to the NFL, but if you do and you want to get in on that, you can do it over at FanDuel. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Also, visit FanDuel.com slash PlaySafe for tools and resources to help you stay in control of the way you play. Braves will take on the Yankees at 7.20 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday night, looking to wrap up this series with another win. Catch every pitch of the Braves' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search Braves. We talked a lot about Ozzy Albies, him going on the IL. No reason not to at this point. I kind of talked about this on the postcast last night with me and Grant McCauley, but again, the division lead you have, the quality depth that you have behind him with Lopez and Von Grissom, there's any type of lingering effects there, and it sounded like on Monday he was still feeling some soreness there. Just no reason to mess around. Go ahead and put him on the IL. Again, you want, as good as the depth is that we just talked about, you want Ozzie Albies in that lineup for the postseason. So put him on the IL. Let him sit there as long as he needs to to get that healed up and get ready for the end of the season. So I thought that was a good call by the Braves. Hopefully it's nothing lingering, and hopefully he's able to get back pretty quickly. But – Again, just with where the Braves are, it just makes too much sense to go ahead and just put him on the IL and let Lopez and Grissom get the reps there. 
Game two on Tuesday night, it's going to be Bryce Elder versus Luis Severino. If the Yankees take the same approach as they did against Max Freed, I hope they ease back on that shift a little bit at second base because Bryce Elder is a guy who is going to pitch to contact. And if the Yankees are continually going the other way, they probably put a little bit, you know, some more left-handed hitters in, um, in the lineup. So maybe it won't matter quite as much, but for those right-handed hitters, especially maybe ease up on that shift at second base a lot, because that seemed to be a lot of the approach for Yankees hitters on Monday night. You look at Bryce Selder, you, you take away the back-to-back good starts he had against Milwaukee. Bryce has given up at least five runs in his last four starts. Again, not counting those two. We know how rough it's been for Bryce Selder lately. And I think it's going to be a challenge for him. Got to avoid that big inning. Things just spiraling on him. Stop walking people. We also saw the Yankees on Monday night. They're very selective. They're not going to chase pitches. So you got to trust your stuff in the zone here. Get some of that weak contact. Again, hopefully it's finding defenders. And hopefully you can have some good innings, some quick innings, but just avoid that big inning, you know, compounding it with a ball that does sneak through the infield, compounding it with a walk, uh, an error, you know, something like that that we've seen a lot from this Braves pitching and defense here lately where things have spiraled on them. So look for Bryce Seller to get back on track, but I'm going to be honest, I, I'm not very optimistic with this matchup that he has here with the approach that I saw from the Yankees on Monday night. For Luis Severino, ERA over eight. 92 hits allowed in 63 and two-thirds innings this year. That's just crazy. This guy had a 3.18 ERA last year in 102 innings, which is 72 hits allowed. 50% fastball. Teams are slugging 719 against his four-seam fastball this year. You know what the Braves do against fastballs, and you know how much they can slug. This seems like a good matchup for this Braves offense. Now, generally when that happens in baseball, things go the opposite way, but uh, this seems like a really good matchup for this Braves offense. Hopefully that continues because, again, I'm not I'm not very optimistic about Bryce Selder's chances against this Yankees offense on a Tuesday night, but hopefully I'm wrong and hopefully he has a good outing and hopefully I'm right and that this Brave, Braves offense can tee off on Luis Severino, who's just having a terrible year, and hopefully that continues on Tuesday night. Again, the Braves will take on the Yankees at 7.20 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday night. It'll be Luis Severino versus Bryce Elder. Catch every pitch of the Braves' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search Braves. That will do it for this episode of Lockdown Braves. Thanks so much for making us your first listen of each and every day. Make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown underscore Braves. Make sure you follow me at Shortstop Ball, and make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to the Lockdown Braves podcast wherever you get your podcast. and we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. D.C. Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 